What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my two co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome in, Hogline Nation. We are a few days away from Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a it's going to be our last episode previewing a football game for a long time, but we got to soak it in as we've been trying to do all year. Super Bowl is upon us. I'm excited. Two good teams, maybe not necessarily the teams that uh, most of America wanted. I know that the Lions were pulling on the heartstrings of America and the world. I didn't want to see the Ravens, but I feel like a lot of people did. Maybe getting Chiefs fatigue, perhaps. But regardless, that's not the Super Bowl we got. We have the Chiefs and the 49ers. How are you guys feeling? A rematch of four years ago. Excited. I, w- I feel like the, the cliche thing, and not just cliche, but like obviously accurate sometimes, would be, hey, we got the two best teams. Do you guys think we got the two best teams? I think in the long haul, I, for me with the Niners, it's weird just because of the way that they won the last two games. But, I mean... I think over the course of a full season, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I believe that we did. I, I One of the biggest regrets that I have over the past, I mean, honestly, the whole football season, I know it may sound dramatic, but was picking the Ravens against the spread in the AFC Championship game. All year, I was just clamoring, Ravens are frauds, Ravens are frauds. That is true. And then when it came down to it, I didn't, stick to my word and that's a regret of mine so ultimately i do think we got the two best teams the chiefs especially on defense i mean i don't i don't think they've had a defense this good since mahomes has been the quarterback so i think you know it's a different chiefs team but ultimately i do think it was the two best teams in san francisco outside of a couple games looking pretty dominant all year yeah bittersweet hooks only one more game very bittersweet yeah certainly is um, on today's episode, going to briefly go over our, our itinerary. Uh, first segment, we have Legacy Watch. So kind of talking about a few people involved in this game and what a win or loss would do for their legacy. Um, then we're going to get into some X factors. I asked these guys to come up with one for each team. Just kind of who, if they have a, a good game, would be more conducive to winning perhaps maybe more than other players. And then we're going to get into some novelty props, because of course we have to get into that. We do that every single year. And they're just generally fun to talk about and dive into. And then we get into our picks at the end of the show. It's going to be a a fun episode. I can't wait to get to the novelty props. That's my favorite, favorite, favorite Super Bowl preview show segment that we do every year. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, okay. I I wanted to open the floor up. Just if anyone has a quick word in these championship games, we didn't get to talk about it last episode. We just stuck to the coaching and coordinator hires, which if you haven't checked that episode out and you're interested, uh, please feel free to. Does anyone have anything to say on these championship games? Um, considering that we, we didn't get to mention it. 
Um, I, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that think Dan Campbell is dumb and a meathead. Uh, I've been a pretty strong defendant of him the past two weeks. Uh, where do you guys land on that? Same, same spot. Like, I don't know if, and it it is funny because I actually saw, I think it was Alex Anzalone that came out the other day and like wrote some stuff. And the thing that he said was the thing that I said from the beginning, which was like, more than anything, I was shocked that they took the field goal before the end of the first half. And like, like more than any of the other decisions, like the going forward decisions, I was more shocked that he didn't, that he took the field goal the first time. But to me, that just shows what I'm assuming you're defending, which is like the reason the Lions who like are who they are now, the reason why they made it as far as they did, at least in large part, is because of the the type of like the type of coach that Dan Campbell is, the aggressiveness that that he has been proven to show, whether it's worked or hasn't worked, and I think the most important thing above everything else that like should negate any form of backlash towards the call is that it seems like every single player very much had his back and knew what he was going to do and had no problem with it so if that's what they think then that's kind of what everyone else should think i would say yeah my biggest thing was that was uh along those lines um like everyone the the reason that a lot of people watching it would say like oh you you can't I know that's his thing, but you can't in in that spot or in this this game that means this much. You you can't be that aggressive. Um, but that's that's the reason they got to that spot. They got to that spot being aggressive the whole year. Uh, I mean, he's uh people don't think he's analytics, but I mean he goes for it so much that like you have to think that he believes in the whole analytic movement of uh yeah being aggressive. Um, and not settling for three when you can get seven. Um, and he, 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 as a head coach, you can't, you can't just change your methodology because, from because of the spot, if you want to call it, or the game, the pressure. Like you want to be consistent in your uh, game planning and messaging to your team. That's how you be a head coach. That's how you be successful. And he's been incredibly successful the past three seasons. I mean, you know, not the first. And halfway the second, but you get what I mean. Um, I actually do defend. Uh, I agree with him again. Going for it, I'm sorry, kicking that field goal in the first half because, um, you know the the advantage of part of the reason why it's it's more advantageous to go for it when you're on the two yard line as they were, is because that you pin the other team, um within the one two yard line on their own one or two yard line so that's less likely they're going to score points on the other end going the length of the field also a safety opportunity uh but it was the end of the half so that kind of uh advantage that comes if you don't get it if you if you don't convert um there was no opportunity there so i think if you follow like the fourth down bot on twitter um i think it would have even suggested just barely to to go for it but it was kind of is more closer to a toss up, so I, I agree with taking the points there with the field goal. Um really got into the weeds with that. But that's what I felt most strongly about that game and to kind of put a bow on the Lions season. 
my other I was gonna say my other takeaway was just I uh, on the other side on the AFC is I like Lamar. Yeah. I uh, like I don't know the like especially looking at like how good the defense was and just how like much the offense was kinda humming, it like and with Patrick Mahomes and Reed sitting over in that conference, it's like how many chances are you gonna get where like you're at home going into the game, I would like as an entire team like you look like the more complete team going in not only lose but like you don't really like i know the score was close but it it didn't feel like they put up much of a fight after the first like i guess half like the the second half was was all chiefs pretty much it felt like even though the score wasn't reflecting it and i think that was more just because the chiefs like i feel like the chiefs are able to kind of switch it up a little bit depending on the way the game's being played and i think spags had them in an absolute headlock on defense, so I think they, you know, they kind of knew they they didn't have to like go for the kill on offense at all times. But I don't know, man. These AFC quarterbacks, you're only going to get so many shots to beat this guy, and like it, they. I know with I know in Allen's case, he he's played he's played very well in those games against Mahomes, and it just kind of hasn't worked out. But Lamar put up a dud, an absolute dud. I agree with what you said. How like it didn't feel like they put up much of a fight. Kinda, and a little bit like the opposite of uh, my argument defending Campbell. That, and again, yeah, this is partly because the yeah, they got away from the run. They they ran the ball like what five five times in the for, I forget something, something crazy. And yeah, the game, like, like and like I said, like the score the score didn't reflect how bad the game looked. Like they, right, they they could have been running it the entire game and like yeah, with no with no problem. Like they were down, so that means like. Teams probably gonna favor the pass more, but they weren't down by a ton. It was a ten point game at they the end. Were. Like it was they were never by down one by score a lot. So like was it it wait, it was seventeen seven at the end of the first half, and there's no points in the second half, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. There was a field goal, so it was seventeen yeah, to ten. Yeah, field goal at the end. Okay. A, yeah. yeah, like it doesn't mean you need to abandon the run. You're not down by like a ton. Um I know it's easier kind of said than done looking back on it with hindsight, because Spagnuolo did a great job uh, against the run, kind of pushing them away from that. But I think, I mean, that that's your team's strong suit. Uh, and, um, you know, you got to be more creative and have different ways to uh, accentuate what your strength is. So, uh, tough one for them. But, any Mitchell, you got any, any thoughts here? Yeah, re- regarding the AFC Championship game, I mean, you guys touched on it. The, the defenses were both very dominant. That was the story there. And honestly, when the game opened up, it looked like it was about to be an offensive shootout with the way the Chiefs That's drove incredible. right down the field. And then Lamar made a spectacular uh, play, evading the rush and then throwing that uh, really nice ball to Zay Flowers, I believe it was, for a touchdown. Yeah. So at that point, it looked like it was going to be, you know, fireworks the whole time. However, it just came to a screeching halt. I mean, the main difference was if you just look at the turnover battle, Chiefs forced three turnovers, they didn't turn the ball over. That's going to be the key in pretty much any game, especially in playoff football. And it's just crazy just because all year people calling for the Chiefs' head, saying they're they're not the same, uh, and here they are, just doing what they do in another Super Bowl. And I did want to share um, my quick thoughts on the NFC Championship game as well. You guys mentioned the, the decision for Dan Campbell 
really the whole game is decision making. But I wanted to go back to what you were saying about that the field goal at the end of the first half. And I, I like your point, Jack, of saying how that benefit of uh making the other team have a long field is negated by by the end of the half. I, I think what I said out loud when that happened, you know, he, he was kind of play clocks kind of winding down. You see, like, what's he going to do? Is he going to go for it? Send out the kicker. I said out loud, I, I feel like it's more about, it's not about really the difference between three and seven points. It's about if the 49ers did stop them, it's about the momentum maybe they would have gotten going into the locker room into the second half. I feel like that's what it's more about. Um, just because, you know, at that point it's 21 to seven, right? And yes. then they, they ultimately kick the field goal and get 24. But if they stop them, they're like, okay, we kept the two possessions. I feel like that's a big swing point. So I feel like once you have that lead like that, it's better. And the to Niners keep... got the ball second half. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think things could have snowballed and they ultimately did anyway, but you know, you could have looked at it from that perspective as well. And also the 49ers, they're, they're just really flipping the script in this postseason. I, I got the stat from uh, Seth Wickersham, who who wrote that article that you sent earlier today, Shreff, mm-hmm. about Kyle Shanahan and kind of all about the 49ers and whatnot. But I feel like the, the stigma around Shanahan, I mean, most notably when he was the offensive coordinator, the collapse of the Falcons, everyone knows about that. But I found this interesting. Shanahan led 49ers teams when they've trailed in the fourth quarter by seven points uh, or more, they were 0 and 30. And then now they're 2 and 30 because they did it against the Packers and they did it uh, against the Lions. So they're really kind of responding to adversity, whereas before you could maybe fairly question whether they were built to kind of mountain comebacks they're kind of just the team that's kind of built to dominate you i guess and but hey they're they're doing it and they they had a great comeback in the nfc championship game so obviously my heart goes out to detroit and their fans that's a that's a tough one tough pill to swallow and we got nine long months ahead of us but you know only one team can win at the end so that is that okay that is enough about the NFC Championship and AFC Championship. We will get into the big game here. First segment, Legacy Watch. Um, just kind of, as I said at the top of the show, how would a win or loss kind of mold these narratives and the legacy between these couple guys that we're going to talk about here? Uh, first off, Mahomes. I mean, in my opinion, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if he stopped playing right now. I said, remember, I said that after his first Super Bowl in 2019. Yeah, but, and I'd say that's kind of wild. That's only two years, two years starting into his NFL career. But at that point, yeah, he had an MVP and a Super Bowl. Like that's that's enough, in my right. opinion. If he wins, he would improve to three and one in Super Bowls in his career. His only loss being the uh, the 2020 Super Bowl to the Bucks. <clears throat> I, this is also an interesting conversation to have because Jack and I were, not me and you, we were kind of on the same side, but debating it in a group chat that we had last week. Oh in, in terms of greatest all time status, how many does he need to get to kind of rival Brady in terms of being labeled as as the greatest of all time? Does he it's need the to? Same exact. It it couldn't be a more 
like one to one comparison to the MJ LeBron debate. <laughs> like it is it is yeah. the same exact it is the same exact debate. And I'm I'm assuming that I probably I have I don't know your guys' opinion yet, but I'm assuming I probably land on the same side as you guys. I don't know. Where do we land here? Well, I, I feel like there's a couple different things we could say about this. I think if Mahomes stopped playing right now, Brady is still the greatest of all time, I think. I have no doubts that he'll get there. He's got a decade plus of football left to go. And I mean, the pace that he's on, it's, you know, he's got, the pace that he's on, he's on pace to, to, to surpass him, I'd say. But in terms of does he need to actually get seven Super Bowls? No, he doesn't. To be considered no. that? I don't think so. No. Um, it, it, it is a very hard sport, as we all know, to win. It takes a lot of factors. It takes luck, too, honestly. I mean, sometimes guys just get lucky. Some are luckier than others, but it's hard to win a Super Bowl. And, um, I mean, if he wins maybe this one and another one, and then he doesn't win anymore, you know, we're really getting to the weeds of hypotheticals here, but I don't think he necessarily needs to get eight Super Bowls and surpass Brady to dethrone him as a, to, to get that title. So that's kind of where I, I stand and, you know, he could, if he loses this as well, I mean, he, like I said, he, he's going to win multiple championships. I would be surprised if he didn't. Yeah, I think for, like, if I was going to put a number on it, I think it, like, give me, I might even say, like, if he wins two more, like, I'm probably ready to, to call today, I think, to be honest with you. Like, and I know that I didn't get to see, like, the beginning quite of Brady, but it's, like, part of it, too, is just, like, the... He's almost been... I mean, not even kind of... He, he's he been more consistent than Brady so far in terms of how far he's getting every single year. I mean, was it six straight? It, get, getting Pat getting to the AFC Championship? Yeah, I mean, every year he's been a starter. Brady didn't so, do that. I mean, like, Brady yeah, missed the playoffs the second year. That's what I mean. So it's like it. It's so far the consistency's there. Um, the one leg up Brady's always going to have is that he did beat him in the Super Bowl. So that, that yeah, is the one I, really that on. I, I really hate that. I really hate that. A lot of people but, are just going to say. Although I know, I know that. there's going to be people that like. There are people out there that think, um, well, Brady be, like Mahomes can never be called the goat because Brady be in the Super Bowl. I hate that so much. Um, yeah. I, I think I guess it's not a one-on-one game. Like it's crazy. Correct. I like for me. I think that for me is what it's going to come down to. Is like Brady. Brady was clearly like always the like the absolute smartest person on the field. Like by far, bar none, knew it knew inside and out what what he was going to be looking at, what he could do to expose it. Mahomes has that in the arsenal, but then there's the actual like just like playmaker aspect of him, I think it is kind of what, what is always going to push him. Like what by the end of this is going to push him over the edge of Brady for me is that there are, there are certain things that he does where it, it is, it is a true, like a true, true one of one guy. 
Like no one, no one's doing it. I know, I know Caleb Williams is coming up, and people are getting excited to do like, oh, the next Mahomes. I, I am firmly sticking my foot in the ground and saying that that I don't think it's going to happen quite like that. Right, and 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 going back to what Jack said about he, how he doesn't like the the head-to-head Super Bowl Brady beat him as 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 a sticking point in the argument. I put it like this, right? I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe the score of that Super Bowl was 30 to nine. Yeah, Buccaneers 30, Chiefs nine. I think if Brady and Mahomes switched teams, and Mahomes was on the Bucks and Brady was on the Chiefs, I'm saying 45 to three. Think about if you go back yeah, to that yeah. game and think about it, how decimated the Chiefs' offensive line was with injuries. Brady would not have been able to handle. Obviously, his age, yes. he was probably forty-four then, forty-three. If no Mahomes, way. if Mahomes could only muster nine points, and he's what, what was he probably like? What twenty-four at the time? Yeah. Think yeah. about what a forty-year-old Tom Brady would do in terms of evading that rush and his mobility. I don't know if they'd get it past midfield, to be honest. So, yeah, I'll 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 put it like that, and um, yeah, so. It just—it's crazy that we're still going to have, you know, you know, God forbid injuries. We're going to have a decade plus more of Mahomes still doing this. So, my brief thoughts on it: um, Mahomes is already—I, in my opinion—I mean, he's better than Brady. Oh yeah, talent. Well, yeah, I think he's a better and talent. That's and, the LeBron Jordan argument because like it gets, it gets, yeah, person. and it gets into this like subjective debate like what does greatest mean greatness mean like you need to win championships like whatever it's kind of tiresome but Mahomes is already I think the greatest to ever play he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen however you want to interpret that um I don't obviously he's only one two and I think that just looking at him watching him play um and it's not like this vendetta I have against Brady I mean like Obviously, they beat the Steelers a lot throughout my life, but like I, I don't, I I admire his career and like I acknowledge, I I like witnessing the greatness that he's had. I watched, I loved the intent. Like, I'm not, I don't hate Brady at all, uh, but I mean, I'm just being objective about it. Mahomes is better, and um, that's why I'm kind of. I'm I'm rooting for Mahomes to win this, and then like sustain this success and keep winning Super Bowls because I err on the side of Mahomes is better I think uh, and I I like I want to watch the people that are like so pro Brady like get uncomfortable with it like because if Mahomes wins keeps winning like he's objectively the better quarterback if you look at him but obviously don't want to knock Brady's success he had but like um Mahomes doesn't have the wins yet in Super Bowl. So anyway, uh, so to answer the original question, for me personally, it's not going to affect how I view Mahomes' legacy. And then the same, whether if he wins or loses, same for Andy Reid. Um, because I mean, what Andy Reid's like a top five coach of all time already. If he wins another, maybe he bumps up five, the spot. Maybe, huh? Higher than top five, like I think well, he's definitively in the top five. Yeah, 
but then like if he wins this, maybe you bump him up a spot or two in that. And then like he's not touching Belichick with this yeah. win. And uh, this lost, I mean, at this point, he made the Super Bowl. Like it's as we said, it's tough to win it. Like it's he's won two. So like um I don't I mean for me personally, it doesn't affect Reed's legacy either. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think Shanahan's where it gets interesting. Well, in terms of Reed, I think it affects it a little bit more than Mahomes uh, for a couple reasons. The notes I have written down here, Reed's currently fourth all-time in wins in the NFL. Uh, He's one of four coaches with five or more Super Bowl appearances, that being himself, Tom Landry, Don Shula, and Belichick. I don't think a loss impacts his legacy really at all. I think a win would solidify his spot as the second best coach of all time, at least personally. Because I, I like, I mean, I know I'm going to get into obviously being an Eagles fan, but I do think for him, like being, I, I know he didn't win one in Philly, but like the success that he had with with two different teams, I think does play a big part into it. Just because it 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 shows that there is like a legitimate point to him being a head coach of your football team. Like you will find success with this guy. So I like, I do think that already plays a part into it, but I, I was kind of thinking that too, that I think this one you'd have to, you'd have to look at number two. And, and with a win, he would become one of five coaches with three or more Super Bowl wins. That would be, um, Joe Gibbs, Bill Walsh, Chuck Knoll, Reed, and Bill Belichick. So I, I, I said it impacts Reed a little bit more than Mahomes because I think Mahomes has more years in him than Reed to kind of make up ground and kind of, you know, potential future Super Bowls. So there's that. And, uh, and also, Andy Reed's been a coach since I've been alive. 1998, I believe, is when he started coaching. There's 25 seasons. And he made the con- he's made the conference championship in 42% of those, I think. Or 44. I think 11 out of 25, he's made the conference championship. I mean, think about that. That is, that is absolutely mm. wild. I mean, how many years now, do you think he has left? Like, I, uh, that's, I, I, I want to mention that. Like, if he wins this, I know there's kind of like rumors out there. I, I, how old I, is he? Is he, uh, oh, look. I think I he is uh, 65. I bet he's got five more in him. Yeah, probably till 70. He's sixty-five. Yep. I mean, how many could they get in five? How many could they get in five? Mm, like two. If you include this one, maybe two. I mean, honestly, if you said any number zero through five, I wouldn't really have an argument for you. So, well, maybe if you said zero, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I'd say one through five. I yeah, wouldn't have yeah. an argument for you. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. This is where it may get a little bit more interesting, perhaps. I mean, clearly, out of those three we just talked about, he has the most to gain from winning this. The only thing missing from his resume is a Super Bowl. And, and a loss would definitely be frustrating. However, I do want to point out, he's only 44. Uh, Bill Belichick didn't win one until he was 49. And he had already been coaching in the NFL for 26 years. And Andy Reid didn't win one until he was 61 years old, and he had been a coach for 21 years, a head coach for 21 years. So just a little bit of perspective there. He's only 44. 
So just the fact that he's accomplished so much already in, and he's not even in, he's just reaching his mid forties shows that, I mean, it would be shocking if we sit here 25 years from now and Kyle Shanahan has retired and he never won a Super Bowl. Like you'd have to think it's going to come at some point, whether it's now or years down the line. Uh, He's just too talented of a coach and a play caller and a leader to, to not get one. You know what I mean? I, that would be shocking in my opinion. So, I mean, it's eluded him so far and he would definitely, you know, you're a Super Bowl champion. That, that, that's something, you know, that lives on, is an enshrined forever, but that's kind of how I look at it. I, I think because he's so young, I wouldn't panic too much. You know, he's not even, he's six years away from 50. So he's just got a ton of time left. Yeah, he is. He is the least to gain, least to lose out of the the three guys here. But I think for me personally, what it does is like I, I think it it takes him from being touted as just this like this offensive like guru, this offensive mastermind. I think it takes him from that into the conversation of like, okay, this guy's actually like, and I know that he's gets talked about in this way sometimes, but like he legit like top top coach coach in the league as opposed to just like this offensive wizard cuz i i think i think in some ways when i think about it like like i think about a mcveigh where i feel like coming into the coming into the league he was like the the baby face like new offensive guru and that's kind of what he was touted as this just like genius and then he wins that super bowl with stafford and i feel like he's now been kind of vaulted into like when when you're naming the top coaches in the league he gets named pretty much right at the top most of the time. And I feel like Shanahan doesn't quite always get the same respect simply because of the way some of these seasons have finished for him. So while I would already put him up there as one of the best coaches, I think I think it's going to be undeniable if he can get one. And if they don't get one, then that's where the conversations will continue, which I'm sure he doesn't want. So, But overall, I do agree that like I don't... I don't picture a world where we fast forward 15, 20 years and he's ringless. It doesn't feel possible. Yeah, like in the past five years, made it to the conference championship four times. And I mean, hey, we wanted... just talked about it. I mean, we just talked about Andy Reid for a little bit and we saw how things went in Philly before it. So, I mean, there's still plenty of time. Yeah. Jack, do you have anything else to add on Shanahan? We can, or else we can move on to the the next segment. Uh, no, I agree with what you guys said, and like I, I wouldn't, um, you know, put him on the hot seat and even close oh. to it by any means if they lose. But like, yeah, I guess like you can like pose like the, not even pose a question. I mean, it's it's valid to say like can't get over the hump as of yet. I mean, clearly hasn't, and over the hump, I mean, when the when the big one, but. Um, he's a really good coach, as I just said. Five, four conference championship appearances the past five seasons. Um, and he's so young; he's got so much time left. So, uh, yeah, not worried at all if they lose, for his legacy's sake. Um, yeah. Okay. X factors. Who will be, uh, not necessarily most important. 
to the team winning, but if they have a good game, could really swing things in one direction. I'll go first with my Chiefs X-Factor. I have Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, In his last seven games, he has seven rushing touchdowns, eight total touchdowns. He averages 17.8 carries per game. He's also been utilized in the passing game. He also averages three and a half receptions a game in that span. And also in that span, 82.1 rushing yards per game. Going to the other side of the ball, San Francisco in their last six games, have allowed 146.2 rush yards per game. If that was their season average, that would be dead last in the league. So, I mean, that that number is a little bit skewed uh, in full transparency because I think it was their sixth to last game, so that the, the one end of the, of the six-game sample size I think I don't remember who exactly they played, but they let up like 220 rushing yards, which was a lot. But the Lions did run the ball on them. The Packers did a decent job at running the ball on them. So I think if Isaiah Pacheco can kind of keep doing what he's doing and have that stat line of, you know, 17 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown, I, I think that's really going to lend itself to Kansas City kind of doing what they want to do. Um, keeping the ball, time of possession. I mean, that's what every team wants to do, but it'll really give them more options to kind of control the game in terms of, you know, if they don't do that, Mahomes is going to have to bail them out. And you can't always rely on that when you're going up, going up against such a good team. So I got Pacheco to, to really... I think if he has a good game, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think he's going to be very important in this one. Uh, Shref, who do you have? Uh, I'm staying on the offensive side. I'm actually going to take Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs. Um, I know with Pacheco, like you said, with the with the Niners' run defense as of late, um, him stepping up is obviously going to be big. But I'm already. I'm already kind of like locking that in as like a as like a given. I think, not even because of the Niners' run defense, but I feel like Pacheco. I mean, we we always talk about like his style of running. Like I he he he's gonna run till his legs fall off. So I know like he's he's gonna be there. Um, I'm looking to see, not just obviously in this game, but you know for future reference. Like I, I want to see how a young guy like Rice is gonna step up in a moment like this. I think Travis Kelsey, for obvious reasons, um, is going to be a big-time focal point for the Niners' defense. And I would also say that, you know, because of how poor the run defense has been, on top of the fact that the Chiefs have kind of found a really nice, uh, you know, usage rate for Pacheco, he's kind of taken on a little bit of the workhorse role. I think the Niners kind of know what what they're going to want to try to stop. So I think Rice is going to be someone that, is maybe going to find himself in some positions to have to make some plays. And, you know, we've talked about the rest of this Chiefs receiving core outside of him and Travis Kelsey, and I know guys have stepped up from time to time, but I think I think Mahomes is going to have to, you know, rely on him to be that, that number two guy if they're really honing in on Kelsey. So I think he's going to be asked to step up, and he's going to have to find a way. I do like him a lot. I think he's going to, but... We'll see. Yeah, push come the shove. I mean, if Kelsey is being somewhat neutralized, 
Mahomes going to look at Mar- Marquez Veldez Scantling and say, "Oh, I'm going to trust this guy in in the biggest stage." And I'm gonna. I know he made the catch against the Ravens to seal the deal, but like, that's been an anomaly that that he's been able to do that and and capitalize on the opportunity like that. And Rasheed Rice has been that. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the the secondary option in terms of what Mahomes is looking at in in crunch time. Uh, I feel like those are two of the more obvious ones, Jack. Did you kind of concur with one of them, or do you have a different guy that you wanted to highlight? I have a different one. Um, kind of cheated with, I took two guys, but a position group. Uh, the Chiefs cornerbacks in Sneed <clears throat> and Trent McDuffie. Um, because they've been fantastic. This, I mean, whole year really, but this postseason. Uh, well, I'll go through their track record real quick the past couple games. Um and I would say, I mean, the, the Niners got great receivers in Ayug and Debo. Um, and I, I, like, I want to say, but this is their tallest task yet, but it honestly isn't because they played the Dolphins wide receivers and shut them down. I mean, Tyreek Hill had a decent game, but honestly, like, not a great game. His standards, he had eight for 62. Um then the next best receiver that was was Waddle with three for forty two. In the Bills game, fantastic. Uh, the Bills leading receiver was was James Cook by a lot with eighty three yards. Then Dawson Knox at thirty six, Deontay Hardy twenty five, and then limited to Steph Stephon Diggs four for twenty four. So those receivers, wide receivers, did, did hardly anything in Buffalo. And then last week, I know I know Zay Flowers had a good game. I think he had like five for a hundred and a touchdown. But then Snee made up for it. We punched out that ball right before he uh, scored. Um, and then uh, none, no other receiver did anything for Baltimore. So they're fantastic. And if they assert their dominance again, um, it's going to cause major problems for. Uh, I mean, I know the Niners got uh, plenty of other options other than the receivers, but like limiting the wide receivers. And those two guys are so effective. That's uh, that'd be huge. Yeah, that, that'll certainly go a long way. Um, and uh, yeah, if if they if they can make Brock pretty uncomfortable, uh, it, McCaffrey would have to have the the most insane game possible if uh, if Purdy is kind of off schedule and not looking like himself. 49ers. I went with uh, I went with Fred Warner, just kind of counteracting everything I just said about Pacheco as 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 the centerpiece of the defense. I feel like it, it'll probably rely a lot on him. I don't know if he be he po- potentially could be partially responsible for Kelsey. I don't know if they would hand that off to the, maybe the, the nickel or or kind of a, a tag team situation. I don't know how they approach that. However, um, I think Fred Warder having a big game is, is going to be very important as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a good X factor in terms of, I mean, the 49ers, both teams, so, so much talent on both sides of the ball. So I think we're going to be in for a real treat regardless. But yeah, Fred Warner for me. I'm going to cheat a little, kind of how Jack did, but I'm going to take the interior offensive line for the Niners. Um, I think the the creativity of Shanahan 
mixed with Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey can kind of mask what has what can be kind of a, a weak point of San Fran, I would say, at some points, um, the inside of their offensive line. Um, you're not going to be able to hide in a game where you're playing against Chris Jones. Um, and I also think just, you know, the sole fact of, you know, this is this is Spags. Uh, he's going to try to get to the quarterback in, you know, creative ways, and I would assume at a decently high rate. Um, so, you know, Trent Williams is only going to be able to do so much when you have Karloftis, Chris Jones, I believe Willie Gay's back for the Chiefs, um, and he kind of he likes to use him kind of all over the place, kind of as just like a, a missile. So, you know, there's going to be things that these guys are going to have to account for, and I think especially with a guy like Purdy who, you know, from what we've seen, definitely definitely needs things to be, you know, as, as many quarterbacks do, but definitely needs things to be running efficiently, I would say, on the offensive line to kind of, you know, get his reads off and get what needs to be done done. So they're, they're going to have their hands full with, with Chris Jones and all those guys. So that would be my selection. Very nice. Uh, yeah, Mitchell, I had, had Fred Warner. And kind of oh, loved wow. him great. Drake Greenlaw in there too, but just the uh, yeah, inside linebackers, particularly Fred Warner, um, just to kind of mask the deficiencies of, uh, you know, this front four hasn't been uh, that dominant, particularly against the run. So, I mean, Fred Warner's got to uh, step up and make tackles in the second level to stop this angry Pacheco man. So, yeah, I, I think X Factor is a, a good label for him. I mean, X Factor is like traditionally someone who's like under the radar and he's whatever, an all-pro, probably the second-best player on that defense. Um, but he's, I think, I think it, more importantly, he plays an important part maybe more than usual this game. Yeah, I, I almost think of it more as, like, when I, when I think of X-Factor, I think, like, if this, guy, if this guy delivers, I think it gives them the best shot of winning, winning this game. Yeah, but, like, like, in ba- like, you can't say, like, LeBron's the X-Factor, you know? It's true. There, like no, uh, yeah, yeah. Duh. like it has to be someone a little more under the radar. But I mean, in football, there's so many players that like you can almost name anyone. It's hard. I mean, I, I wouldn't even knock you for saying Purdy's an X factor. You know, like yeah, right. Are, Mahomes would be the only one I'd say. Right, Mahomes like duh. Like <laughs> these are our do yeah. your job picks. That's that's what. It yeah, is. Mahomes and Kelsey. I guess you could say like right, but no, Pur- 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 Purdy would definitely be a. a a valid answer to this, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Novelty props. My favorite. Yeah. Before we get into it, I wanted to just kind of say a, a general note or general disclaimer, if you will. And this is something which I'm going to reference a couple different podcasts where I get my, my stats from. I tried to always do that, cite my sources. Uh, and something that on on the sports podcast Veterans Minimum that Jack and I listen to, um, always shop the lines around when, when you're making your bets. It can make a big difference. There's, you know, it's it can be surprising, but there could be a lot of variance between books on on things. So you definitely want to make sure you're getting the best number and the best value out there. And I have a couple of examples here for you. And I'm going to pick on both of the major two sports books. So it's not like I'm just picking on one here. But FanDuel, for the coin toss, has minus odds. That's highway robbery. They're stealing money from you 
there is one of two outcomes and they're not giving you double your money for it. That is, that should be illegal. Well, that isn't should, that, that's not like, that's just how they make their money. Like, that's just like when you bet every spread, you know? Maybe, but I feel like most of the time, sports books for the coin toss, the sports books are very greedy. I'll say that. And yes, they have to make their money. They make a lot of money. But I feel like most Super Bowls and most books, they give you plus 100 for the coin toss. I don't know if that's yeah. out of a courtesy or people. I think it is for a courtesy, yeah. But Fandle didn't do it. And that makes me mad. So if you're going to bet the coin toss, bet on DraftKings. They have plus 100 for heads and tails. FanDuel is like minus 105. So if you're one of those people, wants to bet the coin toss. So what I did, I usually don't bet the coin toss, but I did it this time. I only bet a dollar on it, just as a good omen. If I win it, I'll, maybe I'll win the rest of my bets. If I lose, might be in for a long night. So if it lands on heads, I'm getting a crisp $2 um, to, to start off the night. Now, to pick on uh, DraftKings, another example I, I found when looking at this, an octopus. If anyone's not familiar or doesn't recall what an octopus is, it's when um, a player scores a touchdown and then scores the subsequent two-point conversion. For any player to have an octopus on DraftKings, it's plus 1,400. And on FanDuel, the same bet, plus 2,500. I mean that's that's a huge difference. That, that yeah, that's a lot more egregious than the than the coin. I'm market. sorry, I plus four hundred and plus twenty five hundred, plus fourteen hundred and plus twenty five hundred. Oh, okay, there still is a big difference. I thought I uh, maybe you cut out for a second for me, but uh, yeah, fourteen hundred and twenty five hundred is is pretty drastic still. Yeah, right. So you know if you're looking at a player prop. One book might have minus 110. One might have minus 120. That's, I mean, you still want to look at that and you might as well just take the extra cu- like couple cents or a couple dollars if you, if you can. But for something like this, I mean, that, that's a huge difference. So you really want to make sure you're checking these things before you, before you place these bets. So I just wanted I to even, say that. Yeah, and I don't even feel that strongly about an octopus, but like, I feel like you're getting such a bargain on the you plus are. 2500 one that I feel like you should just I take it. Like- I feel like Christian McCaffrey is like a perfect octopus guy. Yeah. See, see if it's on, on hard rock. If I could find that. Cause I mean like Hertz Hertz last year was like the ultimate octopus guy. Right. He's the, he's the ultimate octopus. That's what he is. All right. So let me get into a couple here. I don't have anything too wild in terms of novelty props. Uh, I'm I'm sure you guys may have came across this, but have, did you guys see the for the Swifties props? I saw, I just saw the number of times shown. I didn't see any of the other ones. Okay, so these are, they're not really so okay. Obviously, they're marketing to Taylor Swift fans, and I don't blame them. I mean, they gotta milk this for everything that it's worth. I'd say it's worth a whole lot. It is. So these are Taylor Swift theme props and i'm gonna say them to you and you guys have to tell me what you would guess the odds are okay i think we played this game in some capacity last super bowl preview show but we're gonna do it again with this i have a few but oh so you know a few of them i don't know we'll see well 
Uh, just keep going. Go, we'll see what happens. Okay. So this one, first one is 22 for the song 22. And it is any quarter to have 22 plus points scored in it. What do you think those odds are? Oh, total. Okay. I thought, meant, I thought you meant like a one team scores 22. But that's not crazy for... Plus, uh, I'd say like mm, a lot of points for a quarter. Yeah, like but 400. scoring kind of comes in bunches. Like the game is indicating that like uh, each half there should be like 24. And then like, I'll say like plus 250. I'm going higher. Maybe plus 300. I think it might be closer to like four. Drops right. It's plus four hundred. All right. This one is uh, the anti-hero. Ooh. Brock Purdy, two hundred fifty plus passing yards and two plus passing touchdowns. Ooh. I don't think it's that crazy. Well, eh, I don't know. Same, like maybe like plus three hundred. The same as I said last time. I was gonna say two seventy five. Sharf wins again. It's it's plus two hundred. Oh. oh, okay. Ooh, rip off. Yeah, I was gonna say. Now this one, I have no idea why they named it this. So if I'm missing something, please help me out here. It's called blank space. Okay, maybe I can see it, but I don't know. Kelsey to score an octopus. Why is that called blank space? Because he's wide open in the end zone, so it's a blank space. That, that's, that's the only what, thing I could think of. Maybe that's what Kevin Hart or one of the announcers said when they. Oh, it was Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle, yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. And I think it was. It, wait, it, it is it for him to score an octopus. That's yes. I, and I think it was on a Kelsey conversion too. I believe the lyrics are like, uh, "It's like I got a blank space, baby, and I'll write your name." So she's, we're gonna write you. You're gonna write his name. You're gonna write Travis's name. Yeah. I don't know. Regardless, I still think that that one was the most most one where they were reaching there because I, I don't know. We we had to do some mental gymnastics to kind of figure out that one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Kelsey to score an octopus is? You said it was twenty five. You said just a octopus was an octopus was twenty five hundred. Well, that was on. I mean, if you're looking at it like this, I'll I'll just actually I'll give you guys this one just because. That, this I got the for the Swifties props on DraftKings, and DraftKings was the one that had fourteen hundred for the octopus. Mm-hmm. Kelsey to score an octopus on DraftKings is thirty to one. So what they're saying is, Fanduel says anyone to get an octopus is twenty five to one, yeah. and DraftKings says just Kelsey to get it is thirty to one. That mm-hmm. makes no sense. Yeah. I got two more for you for this one. Uh, Deja vu, which isn't that an Olivia Rodrigo song? Yeah, there's probably a Taylor Swift song called that too. I think there is. Anyway, the Chiefs to win by exactly 11 points as they did four years ago when they played the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. The same exact score total between both. They win by 11. Just win by 11 points. Exactly. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, it's a tough one to guess. Those exact score bets are always like 
ridiculous. It's actually, I don't think this is as high as it should be, so yeah. I would definitely stay away from this one. What is it like? Plus 5,000. No yeah, maybe. It, it's the same as the Kelsey Octopus. It's 30 to 1. Okay. Yeah, it's not worth it. I don't think so at all. Last one, Fearless. Again, this one doesn't make any sense either. Brock Purdy, 300-plus passing yards, three-plus passing touchdowns in San Francisco to win the game. Well, the last one we said was plus 200. So it's another touchdown, 50 more passing yards, and San Francisco money line. Plus 500. What would you say, Shreff? I said 700. It's plus 1,000. So it, it seems like if you guys were going to bet on one of these, it would be that one. <laughs> 250 yeah, but I, three. I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> 303. Oh, 303. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000 makes sense. I thought it was 250. I wouldn't be able to like bet that and like feel good about myself, though, I don't think. No, definitely not. Even at those odds. Uh, the other one I had is just Gatorade, you know, classic Gatorade color at the end. Uh, we have orange at plus 300, blue at plus 370, yellow at plus 390, purple at plus 390, red at plus 550, and clear slash water at plus 750. Uh, I think red is clearly the best value on the board here. Number one, both teams are red. And two, Taylor Swift, red. I mean, and it's the lowest, it's the lowest odds out of besides clear slash water. I think red is if if you're going to bet it. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm just being a square and thinking like this, Mm -hmm. but I think you are. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think red might be a good choice. I can see big red getting getting dunked in some red. There's all. There's almost too many signs pointing towards it for it to actually come to fruition, I think. Mm. Okay. It all seems too it all seems too perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that could certainly be it. I also don't know any sports book. I don't think it's legal to offer this prop in Pennsylvania. So maybe if you're in another state and it offers this, or if you have some sketchy underground book that offers it. But uh I don't even think we can actually Put our money where our mouth is for this one. What do you guys got? Novelty props. Uh, can I go first? Mm-hmm. I, only have I, two, so I have a few. I looked up <laughs> these online. Um, and they're uh, Swift slash Kelsey related. I don't think, so did I share on this podcast what the line opened it up in FanDuel Canada for a Kelsey proposal after the game? Oh god, the the odds are probably <coughs> like not what they should be. <laughs> it was they're crazy. Not, it not. Was like, I know I know what it is. It's plus one ninety. Well it's plus one plus one ninety for him to propose after the game. Like the Chiefs to win is like plus one twenty, one ten. Yeah. So like it's like if they win, like he's probably gonna do it is what they're saying. But I I think the the Odyssey here. Which I don't know what, what book this is on. It's an article from sportsbettingdime.com, but the odds I have listed in this article are, which I think this is fair. Yes, proposal to happen after the game, plus 820. 
and then Noah's minus two thousand. I think that's that, pretty fair. Is that any proposal? Doesn't have to no, be no, no, Taylor Kelsey, and Travis. Kelsey, Ke- okay. Kelsey and yeah. Uh, I I still wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. I would. Why not? If it was a hundred to one, I wouldn't bet it. It's not happening. Yeah. If it's a hundred, like. I don't know. I could, like, it's a story. Like, I, I could kind of see it happening, but like, I would. I think, it would, I think it, would, it would literally be the biggest moment in pop culture and History. sports, yes, ever. Yeah, it's not happening. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> no shot. But if it was like plus five thousand i'll put a dollar if we on fast it. forward now now here's what i'll say if we fast forward a year from now and we're in the same exact situation again i'll take that i'll take that bet yeah maybe i still wouldn't still wouldn't just Why don't not? see it don't see it like this whole story of them has been like a classic storybook like movie and then, like this, will just like cap off the movie. Like, I, I, I could see it yeah, but, happening. Yeah, this is gonna. Be I the, think here, here's what I think. It's gonna be the cheesiest thing I've ever said on this podcast. But like, I don't think it's like a like. I don't think it's like a movie for them. They've been dating for like six months. <laughs> yeah, but celebrity relationships are celebrity for them, Jack. What if they're happy together, just dating? Yeah, but they. I don't know. I'm not like saying it will happen. Here's what saying, I, I think it's wrong to say I just can't see it happening because like this whole this whole season has been like, and I'm not knocking them, but like it's been kind of like you could it's like cheesy kind of you can make a movie out of it and then like this would cap off the movie like I could see I think it's wrong to say I can't see it happening, I don't think it will happen I agree but like I could see it wouldn't be crazy if it happened I don't think I mean yes it'd be crazy but you know what I mean every single time. These two human beings step outside of their house. It is documented. I think they want the most intimate moment of their lives to be a little bit private, not when millions and millions and millions of people are watching. I don't see it happening. I don't know, man. You don't know what just, they want. Any, you don't know what they want. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah you don't either. So I and I think to say it's impossible to happen is just not is crazy because you don't you literally don't know what they want. You don't know anything, nor do I. But like again, I think it's more reasonable to say I could see it happen. If someone bets on this, they're a sucker and they're just burning money. If it was a plus five thousand or something like that, like I would put a dollar on it. You're exactly what the sports books want. They can take my dollar. I'm rooting yeah. for it. Like, don't you want to see it? Yeah, yeah you I want to see it. Right I time. do, but. I want them to. Just, I want them to go at their own pace, Jack. Shut up. All right, next one I'm doing. Uh, again, same article. I don't know where you could bet this, but what do you think the odds it's for Jason Kelsey to be shirtless? Probably lower than they should be, too. <laughs> Probably like a thousand. Plus four hundred. It's a little confusing how they say it here, but it's so here. I'll just read what they said. Will he be wearing a shirt? It may start that way, but it's unlikely to end that way if history is to repeat itself. The odds say Jason will remove his shirt at some point during the game, and it's the favored option at minus 175 to occur before he chugs or shotguns a beer at plus 125. That's crazy. 
can I bet no to him? Yeah, making a I don't think off? he's gonna do that. I would bet like my uh, responsibly. I would bet so much. <laughs> <laughs> and you're and you're getting plus money. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I, um, I, I understand he did. Like they were in. I feel like the big. Like they were in Buffalo. Like they can really get some suckers on, like some sucker Swifties that are like, "Oh my God, Jason oh my God, took his shirt off." He probably does that every week. <laughs> like I, I feel like that's a huge part of the context that people seem to be forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it's like indoors and cool, like he did it because it's Buffalo. That's why he did it. <laughs> also, um, I don't, I don't really see the demographics of the degenerates and the Swifties overlapping. I don't think that Venn no. diagram touches each other. So. I could see, I, I yeah, I agree. They traditionally don't overlap, but like, maybe a Swifty that's really getting into football. Like, I want to bet every Taylor Swift thing. Um, anyway, my last one. Actually, there's one more, but my last like Swift Kelsey related one, whatever. Uh, in this thing or sportsbetlistings.com had this, and I think it says you can bet on betonline.ag. Um. Who will Joe Biden mention first during his pregame interview? Joe Patrick Biden's Mahomes. getting he's getting interviewed. Yeah, Joe Biden it says Joe Biden is expected to have a pregame interview on the Super Bowl broadcast. Oof. And uh, <laughs> I, yeah, whatever. Who, so who is he going to mention first? Patrick Mahomes at minus two fifty or Taylor Swift at plus one seventy? Mahomes. You think? Yep. I can see him just like forgetting who Mahomes is, and then like. Remembering Taylor Swift, didn't he actually like botch Taylor, like forget or like say the wrong name about Taylor Swift recently? I I don't recall that. I think he did. Why, why are they making him do that? I don't know. Um, I I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really got tuned in for that. Oh, um, I'll be tuning in for it, but it feels it feels unnecessary. <laughs> it feels very unnecessary, but also very necessary. It's what we want yeah, at the so. same time. Yeah. Uh, those are my last ones that are kind of like offshore. I don't really know where you can bet them. On well, I'm on Hard Rock here, but I am. This is probably available everywhere, and I feel like we talk about it every year. But do you guys know what the the number they set at the jersey number for last touchdown score? You know how I it's think- like. I think I do. Yeah, like the range of numbers. Yeah, it, well, I'll just say it. Um, the jersey number of the last touchdown score over under 22 and a half. So the overs you got, the over is a little more, so it's over is minus 115 because that means you got like McCaffrey and Kelsey and Kittle. And that's probably use check. Is that really it? With Devo. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Clyde, yeah. But then the under is right. You, what you just said, Debo, Ayuk, Pacheco, both the quarterbacks. Um, Rice. All the wide receivers. I mean, Chiefs is like Noah Gray, Justin Juan Watson Jennings. are the overs. Juan Jennings is under. I always think that's an interesting one. Um, they do a good job splitting it. They know what they're doing. Right. I'd probably still lean over just because I think the McCaffrey Kelsey combo is too. Yeah, but it's like they're more likely, but like at like last touchdown score, last I touchdown. feel like it gets a little more random for some reason. I don't know why I really think that. And like there's so many guys, there's more guys that are the under. So like, I don't know. It's tough. 
You know who I bet for first touchdown? Just as a as a complete another dart throw. Who? Richie James. Revenge game. He was on the Niners. He was in the Giants last year. I thought he was on the Niners a couple years ago. Okay, sixty-five to one. You must really hate those guys. <laughs> yeah, so much bad blood. Richie James first touchdown. Yeah, my X factor Dre Greenlaw is plus fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. I'm sorry for Super Bowl MVP. Oh, okay. Hmm. One dollar wins me five hundred one. Shref, what are your novelty props? I just got two. These are both from I think it's Bet Online too. Uh, the Drake Super Bowl curse. What team apparel will Drake be wearing on Super Bowl Sunday? I felt like it was good. I felt like it was a good time to bring up Drake since he's had good stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's he's in the news. He's in the news as he always is. He's he's Drizzy. Come on, man. Um, yep. But uh, <laughs> I won't really go through the odds on it. Like I, I won't make you guys guess because they're random anyway. But the but the Chiefs are more favored than the Niners. The, the Niners are plus money for Drake, which I feel like makes sense. I feel like I could see Drake being like a big a big Patty Mahomes guy. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I, I can see him wearing Chiefs stuff. But I am wondering, like with, with all the news about him, like I, normally this is around the time when we find out, yeah, who who he we bets like a million dollars on maybe he's gonna take it low-key this time i think he might i think he might but i like to see where he's betting him and it it's like him and uh him and mattress mac are like the two guys that i like to see who they're <laughs> who they're throwing money on we, we've seen too much of drake this week so i've seen too much of mattress mac too that dude's a loser um and then the only other one i did because i just thought both the both the the prompt and the options and the odds are just all very weird. <laughs> um, who will be shown first during America the Beautiful, um, which I believe Post Malone is singing. Um, the first option is Travis Kelsey at minus 250, and then the second option is Christian McCaffrey at plus 185, and those are the only two options that they... That they that they give you. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So if you think so, if you think Mahomes or Purdy or anyone else is getting shown, don't don't bother. You're out of luck. On him. <laughs> Who's, getting shown first? They, hmm? Who's getting shown first? Yeah, like when they start, you, you know how they do it. Like when they start playing the song, they just start uh, doing like the, like the slow fade in and outs of the players and everything. That uh, yeah, I it seems kind of racist. First off, and like I, I Mahomes. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I also like I I was scrolling through. They didn't have one for who they'd show first during the national anthem, but they had it for America the Beautiful. So weird, know. weird. And then the odds too, like, like Kelsey's minus two fifty, and then it's just McCaffrey at plus plus one eighty five as the next one. And then even it. weirder, yeah. even weirder. <laughs> none of it, none of it made any sense. <laughs> I, I have no idea even what to begin to think of what to what, what to do for that one. So yeah, that was really all I had on that one. That, that one was more just that was like, huh? Yeah, that that's a head scratcher for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, enough messing around. That was fun, but let's get back to the game in our final segment and our final, excuse me, final segment of the show and final segment of sportsbook donation of the week for the year. Not well, not the year, the season. 
in terms of where we were, considering our conference championship picks, no, uh, no ground. Excuse me. Nothing was gained or lost. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know what's going on right now in my brain, but Jack's still in the lead at nine and seven. Shref at eight and eight. Myself at seven and nine. We have four picks to make. We have the spread. We have the total, and we have two player props. There may be some automatic fading, considering I have some ground to make up. So I don't know how we want to do this. But Jack, I think we know where you're going to go, but tell us where... Uh, should we do player props first, or we should do the picks for the actual game? I, I would well, say well, my, my thought was we go... I, I figured we go Jack, me, you, and we start and just do game and total like in one shot each, and then we like do a snake or just a draft of the props since those have to be yeah. different. Yeah, because we can't steal props, but we okay. have to duplicate. We have to, yeah, steal over, under, and spread. Okay. Jack, so you, you give your spread in total, then Shref, then myself, and then we'll do the, the prop uh, snake draft. Yeah. Uh, sure. My spread in total, Chiefs plus two and a half. I um I won't I mean we talked about the game enough. I don't need to break down my pick here, but I uh I, I'm getting kind of tired of so I, I think the public opened up heavy on the Chiefs because then the line went down a little bit. But I think since when it first opened initially, it's kind of trickled its way back to the Niners because the the spread is now back to minus two and a half for the Niners. Um but I'm getting kind of tired. Like I feel like everyone who's on the Chiefs is just saying, like, "Hey, can't get, can't, can't bet against Mahomes." Like I'm so tired of that. But I, uh, I, I actually do think, you know, I thought about it breaking down the game wise. Like I, um, I mean, Mahomes helps, but it's like not just Mahomes that I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, but don't need to get too into the weeds there. I. Uh, I feel good about that one and then not too uh you know heavy either way on the total but I'm going to go under cuz I think if the Chiefs win they're going to dictate more of the game and I I really love this Spags defense um and I uh I think that I mean yeah if the Chiefs are going to win they're going to they're going to control the Niners offense with their dominant defense more. So I could see it being more under um, because I mean the past two they've gone under and like, every, I don't remember if the bills cheese was over or not. That was probably over. Yeah. It's 27, 24, but I mean, 17, seven, no one really saw the, the, the Ravens only scoring seven. And then their uh, game against the Miami was, yeah, Miami didn't do anything either. Granted, it was the cold that helped, but uh, yeah. So under forty-seven and a half, Chiefs plus two and a half are my two picks for that. Fair enough, Shref. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Jack. Chiefs plus two and a half. Um, I agree with everything you said. I was like, 
because the line, like in a way, like kind of makes no sense. I've been trying to think of every way as to why I'd want to take the Niners, but I really don't. I think the Chiefs match up in a lot of ways, like really well with them. Uh, we've th- we we talked about it a little bit. The run defense hasn't been great. I think throughout the season, they've the Chiefs have really found a way to to kind of make Pacheco more of a focal point of the offense. Um, I talked about Chris Jones a little bit. What I think he brings, it feels like as the lights get brighter, he gets better. Um, and I don't know if the Niners have exactly the uh, the guys in the middle of the line to kind of control him for all four quarters. And I think for me, more than anything, what's standing out is that like the, the Chiefs this season, I feel like had such a defined like moment where it was like, ooh, they're not looking too hot. And then you like kind of saw in real time how they were able to kind of flip the script, and it feels like they've gotten better and better every single week. The Niners, I feel like, towards the back half, have kind of been all over the map a little bit. Um, they've obviously found ways to win games, and there's something to that, and there's something to be said for it when it gets later in the season like this. But it feels like they have escaped death narrowly a couple times, and I, I don't think Mahomes and Reed are the duo that's going to allow them to do that for a third straight time. So go in there, and then this is where I am going to try to make up a little bit of ground. I was also very back and forth on the total here. Uh, I probably could have made explanations for both of them. Um, I was slightly leaning the over, and since Jack took the under, I'll I'll hammer the over here. We'll, we'll take the over. Um, I think... For me, like going back to the Ravens game, I think the Ravens defense kind of made it so that the Chiefs had to play a different style of football to win the game. Um, I think with this Niners game, the defense, like I said, it hasn't been the same Niners defense that I think we've become accustomed to the last couple seasons. Um, and I think with the playmakers that the Niners have on offense, I think Wall Spagnuolo has been incredible. Um, I feel like Shanahan's going to come in with a with a decent game plan to be able to move the ball and. I do think they're going to, to an extent, force force the Chiefs' offense to have to, you know, rev up the engines a little bit. So, while I'm not confident in it, the fact that, you know, I have some ground to make up and it's Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and, you know, the playmakers on the Niners, I'll, I'll take the over. So, Chiefs in the over. Okay. Fair enough. So, my pick would have been Chiefs plus two and a half. I have some... Uh, notes to back that up. This is courtesy of Veterans Minimum. We shouted them out uh, earlier in the show. Teams that are 0-2 against the spread going into the Super Bowl, as the 49ers are, are 0-4 against the spread when they get to the Super Bowl. So, that, you know, I think that's uh, pretty interesting to consider. And also, if you like Kansas City spread, you should just bet the money line. This is also courtesy of Veterans Minimum. Only twice in the last 30 Super Bowls has a team won and not covered. So either the favorites are winning and also covering the spread or the underdogs are winning outright. So that is, uh, I I like Chiefs money line. I like them plus two and a half. However, I'm going to go be going with San Francisco just for the sake of this to make up some ground. Don't love it at all. The only thing that that maybe I'm considering is is maybe I don't know an edge for San Francisco is that the public is considerably on the Chiefs, and I do like to fade the public, especially because it's the Super Bowl and there's a lot of casual betters out there. So that's something. But 
ultimately I've already bet Chiefs money line. Like I've actually made that wager. So, but for this, got to go with San Francisco. And I'm going with the under as well. Uh, these are the second and third ranked defenses in terms of points allowed throughout the season. Five of the past six games for the Chiefs have gone under. The only one was that Bills game that Jack mentioned a few minutes ago. And I just think ultimately that the Kansas City defense is going to make Purdy very uncomfortable. Uh, I, I think if I, I want to give a final score prediction, just just because, just to throw it out there, and maybe if it comes true, we can we can go back to this moment. But Chiefs twenty four, Niners nineteen. That's my prediction. All right, player prop time. Wait, sorry, real quick. I forgot to say this stat. Uh, Mahomes as an underdog in his career, which is kind of crazy. He's only been an underdog 12 times, I think. I heard this stat today Jeez. from Todd McShay. He's 10-1-1 one, and one as an underdog and has nine outright wins. Oh, my goodness. That's not even fair. Jack, would you... I assume you want to go first in the snake draft, or do you want to go second or third? Um, no, I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. I think you you will steal it, or one of you are going to steal I, it. So I feel like we all have the same number one, maybe. Pacheco? Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, I mean, Pacheco we, over I mean, rushing the seven and a half. And half. <laughs> what did you, what is it? I think I looked at the different books. 67 and a half. half. Okay, 67 yeah. and a half. Um, yeah, we talked about it throughout this. Niners rush defense hasn't been great. Pacheco is, uh, has been great. And I, uh, I think the Chiefs will win and kind of have more control of this game. And I could just, uh, yeah, I see it. I feel like a lot too. Uh, it's like too many people are on this. It's scaring me a little bit, but um, yeah, I think that's that's a good one. Yep, that was my one on one. Yeah, that was mine too. I, I knew it was. We don't have to take two different teams, right? It could be any. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Right? Is that okay, okay with you? Sure. Yeah, it can be anything. Like we said, it, it it just has to be even odds. Yep. All right, you're up. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna take Debo over four and a half catches. Um, I think this is more of a bet based off of what I think Spags is gonna do what I think the Niners are going to have to do because of that. Um, I, I do think there's going to have to be a sense of urgency from Purdy to kind of get the ball out quick, get it into your playmaker's hands. Um, and I feel like Debo, generally, obviously McCaffrey being there is part of it too, but I, I think generally Debo ends up being a big-time beneficiary of that um, when that's kind of the game plan going in. I think they're going to try to you know get the ball in his hands as frequently as possible, let him try to make plays up the field. Um, but... Yeah, uh, you know, obviously Brock Purdy in general does scare me a little bit with this bet because to an extent I'm not really betting on Debo as much as I'm betting on Purdy. But uh, it's Debo, and I think, I don't know, I feel like he he's the ultimate like like chip-on-the-shoulder guy, it feels like, and I feel like he's just been like begging to get a chance at this game again. So I feel like he's going to get the ball one way or another. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know how I feel about the one. I, I think my gut would say over, but for some reason it scares me a little bit. I don't know why. Now I'm just verifying this is true real quick. 
before I say it. Okay, it looks pretty much right for the most part. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be going with Brock Purdy under 30 and a half pass attempts. He, and this is according to CBS Sports, and I, I think it's true. It seems kind of crazy when I when I when they said this, but he's thrown 30 or less passes in 13 of his last 15 games. That seems kind of crazy, especially. I mean, yeah. in terms of correlating with the rest of my picks. Even though I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, if 49ers minus two and a half, I mean, maybe they're in control and win or in the lead by maybe seven to 10 points. They're trying to run the ball. I don't know. So there's something there, I guess. The other one, mm, I'm between two. I'm, I'm deciding which one I'm going to go with. I'm just going to go with Kelsey over six and a half receptions. Just because that seems safe. Uh, he's had seven plus catches in six out of his last eight uh, playoff games. I was going to say, and, that. I knew that stat. Yeah, courtesy of CBS Sports. That's where I found it. And it just, it, if that doesn't hit, oh well. I mean, I just feel like I, I want to go down with Kelsey if, if that's what I'm going to be going with. So I'll be going with that. And I mean, that's a little bit of a cheat code because I think it's, Minus technically, it's. I wouldn't even be surprised if it got if it gets up to seven and a half. By the way, people are hammering the over on that one. So, yeah, I'll be going with that. Jeff. Eating. It's hard. If I want to go back, no, I'll do this one. I'm good to do a uh, like a longest rush attempt, right? As long as it's like even odds and all that fun stuff. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's set at yeah a number, I, yeah, I have it at even odds. I'm gonna I'm gonna take McCaffrey. Uh, his over under on it is eighteen and a half. I'm gonna take his over on his longest rush. That's an interesting one. It is. Uh, the over is minus one hundred five. Under is minus one fifteen. So it, it's 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 all good on odds. But uh, I think he's going to get the ball a decent amount. Um, like I said, I think Shanahan's going to have to get creative, uh, especially with Purdy and especially with the way that this defense is going to be. You know, sending pressure. I think a good amount of the game, and I think they're going to they're going to say, "Hey, Trent Williams, go lay some blocks, and Christian McCaffrey, go follow him." And trust Christian McCaffrey to break one off. It's a risky one, but I, a lot of these numbers were, were scaring me, especially because it's like, I don't know, when you look at the Chiefs, it's hard to just not think like, okay, Travis Kelsey. And then on the Niners side, it's like, all right, McCaffrey. Yeah, I feel like it should. But, hey, it's set at that for a reason, so. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting. I'm I can't wait for like the for the first quarter like seventeen yard rush and then just nothing for three more quarters. It's gonna be oh, I can't wait for it. I can see it now. I I can picture I can picture it so so vividly. 
All right, Jack. The final pick of this of the NFL, the twenty twenty three NFL season, rests on your shoulders. Yeah, I'm really debating here. Would we allow one that's not technically like as an even yes or no, but I take something that's plus one twenty? Let me hear it. Mahomes MVP. Mm, I don't know if we can do that. It's like pretty much even odds, close. Yeah, I mean, if you get and it's the like Chiefs, less less favorable than even odds. If you get the Chiefs, you're gonna most likely get that, right? But I may not get the Chiefs and be in double jeopardy. That's what I'm weighing right now, Shref. I, I have I have, I have a backup. I have my vote, Shref. What are you gonna vote? Oh, this is a good vote. It's two. <laughs> what if he votes the opposite? Maybe we won't have that no. problem. I'll, um, it's uh, hard um, because as a betting man, I want to. I kind of want to give him the chance to, to double whammy himself. I, I, I won't. I mean, Mitchell, I, I assume you don't. You're going to vote no. I, I'm assuming Mitchell's voting no. I, I, I'm, I was still leaning no. I'm voting no. I don't. Okay, I won't I do it. Think it would, I, I feel like it's not in the same like spirit as the other picks. It's not. It's um, not like statistic related. It it is, but it's not at the same time. It's weird. All right, but w- would you let me bet a uh, proposal? Yes, after the game for Kelsey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, then that's just not fair. That's just that's just. That's well, that's what own, I mean. That's why. That, that's yeah, why. That's, that's not. Why you're not following precedent that. here. I like I like the idea of giving you a chance to double whammy. Got I vote Dre Greenlaw MVP. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'll I'll do Kittle over forty nine and a half receiving yards. Um. I uh, as I said, these these um Chiefs corners could theoretically lock down um the wide receivers on the outside, leaving more opportunity for Kittle. And uh, I mean, he's obviously great, and he can get fifty yards. So, uh, yeah, I like that one. Not as much as Pacheco, obviously, but I still like it. Yeah, the the, the one I was debating it kind of follows a line in in terms of what you were just saying. Ayuk uh, under sixty three and a half receiving yards, just because this is also courtesy of CBS Sports, but. He aver- he only averages forty three receiving yards a game in his eight eight playoff games, and obviously the Chiefs have a strong secondary. So I was looking at that one as well, but I ultimately felt more comfortable with Kelsey. So I uh, I almost I really wanted to take Purdy's over on rushing yards, but as I was thinking about it, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to put my faith in that. Yeah, I try to I try to do the under. Uh, what was that in the NFC Championship, and it did not work out at all. So yeah, see, that, that's what I, I I feel like the NFC Championship was everyone's like awakening that like oh my god he can actually like kind of run a little bit, and I feel like that's that makes everyone want to bet his over. So then I was thinking like oh I might be a sucker, so I so I stopped. Good, proud of you. Caught myself in the act. All right, so our picks are Jack, Kansas City, plus two and a half, the under 47 in the game, Isaiah Pacheco, over 67 and a half rushing yards, and George Kittle, 49 and a half receiving yards. Schreff also did Kansas City, plus two and a half. He hit the over in the game, 
47 and a half. Debo Samuel over four and a half receptions and Christian McCaffrey over 18 and a half longest rush attempt. For me, I faded that even though I didn't believe it in terms of uh, 49ers minus two and a half. I picked the under in the game under 47 and a half. I have Brock Purdy under 30 and a half pass attempts and Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions. That's the Super Bowl preview show, folks. Super Bowl Sunday, just a few days away. It's going to be a fun day. And uh, I'm sure there's, whether there's a proposal or not, well, there's going to be a rem- memorable moment in this game. Probably multiple. So um, you don't want to miss a second of it. Anything else before we, we, we close out today's show? Nope. I'm um, ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's do it. Exciting. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, minus 175, shirtless. He's definitely going to do it. Would you let me take that one as my prop? <laughs> no. <laughs> Get serious. Get real, man. Get real. Hey. Oh, sorry. I meant to say this earlier. What are the odds that Tim Boyle makes an appearance? Is he on one of these teams? No. Crazy. Like, how? I don't know. Maybe he wants to go. Like they don't even make make numbers that high for the. They don't make numbers that high. Yeah, they wouldn't let you do it. Yeah. Oh well. Too bad. Yeah, he'll never go. Never go to one as a player. So he's got to go as a fan. That's for sure. Because he's a locker room cancer who sucks the spirit out of every team he's on. (laughs) Okay, we need to go. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week another episode. And uh, be good. Mm -hmm.